The family portrait of my youth resembles the Brady Bunch, mixed with suppressed anger and mental instability, topped off with a healthy dollop of alcoholism. It was the usual amount of familial dysfunction, the type that involves your parents divorcing at the same time that a couple down the street divorces. A swapping of spouses takes place, and then people get married again. I hate the word swapping. It makes the entire situation sound much more sordid than it probably was. Sorted or not, the end result left me with step-siblings twice over, as my mother married their father, which was a limited engagement, and my father married their mother, which continues to this day. It helps to have a flowchart to keep it all straight. While I tried to follow all of the graphs in my family tree, my best friend Nora lived in the costume room of a theater where her mother worked as the hairstylist. Mornings greeted her with looming wigged mannequins and the mustiness of costumes that survived too many productions in a theater that couldn't afford dry cleaning. It was that or be homeless, although I think living in a theater's costume room because you have nowhere else to go technically does make you homeless. In any case, on top of the absence of a home, she was very nearly named Hachepsu and didn't meet her sperm donor father until her teens. Nora and I were two parts of a trio of high school friends. Ingrid completed the triangle as a straight-A student and ballet dancer with a golden voice, enviable intelligence, and long, expensive-looking blonde hair. Nora and I pined dreamily for Ingrid's storybook life. She had a little sister, a mother, a father, and a dog, and they all lived happily together in the same house. Not an apartment or basement or townhouse, but a real house, with a yard and shutters and a porch with hanging plants and seasonal decorations that were culturally neutral, not too cutesy, and never left out too long. Her mother baked cookies, then decorated them, and never, ever let her hair down. It resided in a perpetual French twist. You'd think that Nora and I would have milked our time in Ingrid's home, soaking in the perks of wealth. There was a guest bathroom, and not only was there liquid hand soap, but lotion as well. The luxurious and flaw-free couches had obviously not been acquired at a garage sale, or worse, found lingering and lonesome on a curb with a sign reading free and magic marker. But we were never comfortable enough to enjoy the surroundings. We couldn't smoke or incorporate the word fuck three times into each sentence. Being there made us feel poor. Then one day, Ingrid's mother found a trash bag full of pot in their basement and confronted Ingrid's father who announced that he was moving into an apartment downtown with his much younger girlfriend. The white picket fence splintered and the picture window shattered. Ingrid chopped off her long, blonde locks, dyed her hair black, and went goth. Our envy of Ingrid's life dissipated, except for coveting the fact that she now had a high-drama event that trumped anything lamentable in our own lives. Recognition for personal achievements was good, but even better was being acclaimed for something really horrible. Sometimes I daydreamed of acquiring sudden and inexplicable genius, but more often I longed to wake with a rare and debilitating disease, of which one of the side effects would be unparalleled beauty. Watching Ingrid's family crumble and considering the twisted family trees from which Nora and I grew made me realize what a farce the storybook family was. As a result, by my late teens I decided that I never wanted a family of my own. In fact, I didn't even want the one I had. Through the multiple marriages of my parents, I'd acquired an excess of step-siblings, grandparents, cousins, aunts, and uncles, far more relatives than anyone could actually need or want. I'm a minimalist when it comes to things like family. 
A small family means lighter baggage to deal with, fewer gifts to buy and funerals to attend, infrequent interventions to stave off, and a smaller number of people that will hear this and be offended. I decided to forego the troubles of both marriage and children. By the age of six, I knew that while my mother loved her daughters, parenthood exhausted her. The teen years solidified my cynicism. Thoughts of marriage and children prompted an immediate and negative response because they necessitated vulnerability and tenderness. I was striving to reach adulthood with an identity more along the lines of cold-hearted bitch. It seemed a good fit, like someone who has natural numerical skills and decides to pursue a career in finance.